thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network, sports, betting, and financial podcast. We also report on local political corruption. We are an educational podcast. We got first report doing the baseball reports. As we move on with our unique concept that we're talking, that I was talking with, I was having a good conversation with uh, Greg Wolf from the Wolf Line. And we barely know each other, but we're on the same page, which is a great thing. We're ahead of what's going on as we view the, the sports betting market and the financial markets. We both made money in financial services and we have similar viewpoints. Now, I always say in our podcast, it's like a business meeting, right? Business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose of the podcast has been from the beginning to make me money, right? The second purpose of the podcast is to make you money, to educate you on the business and financial aspects of the sports betting market, all right? So what have been, has been the results, right? I've been fortunate, lucky, and good enough that I've been between 70 and 80% on my wagers the last 12 years using a subjective versus uh, not a subjective, but an objective versus subjective model to wager on games. So the same way you uh, pick a security or a stock is the same way you bet on a football game, right? So what disciplines do we use? We use statistics. Uh, we use psychotherapy. We use psychology, right? Uh, we do our research. We know about the management of the teams, their philosophies. Uh, they want to play basic in the first six weeks of the season. Salesmen think short-term, businessmen think long-term, right? Belichick doesn't cover the beginning of the year, but he sure as heck covers at the end, right? We made money doing that, and we've been money consistently over the last 12 years. This year, we shared it with you. Uh, Something that makes us 100% different, and Greg and I are on the same page with this, and we have the same uh, anger, all right? I hate the word passion, man. Everybody's passionate. Oh, we have a passion, this and that. I hate that, right? I hate cliches. But Greg and I get upset when people get, get advantage of chisters. There's a lot of chisters in the financial market, CNBC, does not know what they're talking about. The financial markets has nothing to do with the health of the economy, it's liquidity. Things like that, man. We're gonna get into it with Greg Wolf today from the Wolf Line, and we're gonna break down the difference between the sports betting markets and the financial markets, right? So you get insight and you make money watching sports and this is interactive. We don't have a, a monopoly on the truth. Uh, our guy, Tim Shad, great fan of ours in Seattle, he's always bringing up insight into the sports betting market and the financial markets. So uh, we love that, all right? And Greg made his first bet when he was seven years old from the Wolf Line, and we're going to break down, right, from an academic model. Uh, conversations I had with Greg, he reminds me of a smart Ivy League professor. And we're going to give you better education, right, than what you can get paying $70,000 in Warden as we move on with a curriculum. And from an academic and a business model, we are going to share with you, right? Now, people say, hey, Josh, are you the only one making 70, 80% on your bet the last 12 years? No, there's guys in mansions all over the country who have the same percentage. The difference is that a guy like Greg and a guy like, I, like me is willing to share. Thank you for doing this with me, uh, Greg. Uh, glad to be here, Josh, glad to be here. 
All right. So we were talking before about, uh, we were breaking down the, the, the differences between the sports betting market and the financial markets. Uh, mm -hmm. One big difference, right? And uh, I'll talk about the difference that I, that I see is the biggest between both of these markets, right? Similarities is you have a lot of people, you have Kramers, you have um, the Nigerian brothers, all these people, all these shysters giving you bad information. The sports betting market, you have FanDuel. You have the guy, oh, I'll give you one pick and uh, pay me money for these other picks, right? We have a higher percentage, 100% transparent. All the picks are on Twitter. You can listen to the past podcasts, and I encourage people to do that. Listen to our pod, last podcast, especially the second part of the Super Bowl one, as to the whys, right? Why do we have such a high percentage, all right? So the biggest difference that I see, Greg, and we talked about it is, and you're a man that has two patents, right? Is that in the financial markets, people have trade secrets. They have uh, best practices, right? Uh, certain industries uh, follow a certain model, right? The NFL, Bill Belichick, Nick Satan, uh, Pete Carroll, right? Uh, Aranda, who's a coach at Baylor, you won a, just won a national championship with LSU. They all run the same defense. Sean Payton, he's giving out plays on Twitter, asking uh, fans what they think, what tweaks they could do. And fans are going back at Sean Payton saying, hey, Sean, are you, you're giving away secrets. It's like, there's no secrets in the NFL, all right? So fundamentally, the sports betting market, it's a lot easier market to break down and research than what's going on in the financial market. What do you think, Greg? Well, uh, there's quite a bit to unpack there. Um, one thing I want to make perfectly clear is I, as I want to every week, is that the wolf line is completely objective data. Uh, right. We never in any way will ever um, try to impress upon anyone's, uh, anyone else's opinion or our, our opinion on anyone else's decision-making process. So you want right. to get into the analytic, analytics, which is we are a, a quant sports trading analytics platform. Uh, if you associate yourself with the word analytics, by definition, you cannot try to in any way uh, disrupt or, uh, or affect somebody else's decision process. It's, it's a, it's a, that's an oxymoron. You can't do it. So you see a lot we'll of have a podcast. Uh, yeah, Greg and I will have a podcast later on where we break down analytics as it pertains to sports. What's Moneyball? Uh, what are those numbers compared to what you see in the financial services world? Both Greg and I have made money in the financial services industry. Right. We, so we, we, we what we offer really now. is what we offer really with our our, our products is uh, the ability for people to subjectively de determine through our objective data uh, when the probability of the Moneyball moment. Is, is, is existing, you know, is, is, is there. And based upon their own risk tolerance, personal risk tolerance and, and, uh, and a confidence interval, they can then adjust, you know, how much uh, stake they'll put on the, the they will risk uh, or, you know, uh, adjust in those terms. Uh, because really that's what it goes, goes on through the, it, remember what we're dealing with is the life cycle of, relationships in in sports uh their relationships just like foreign exchange more explicitly uh uh options on foreign exchange and you know you could go back again to making the uh analogies to pairs trading very something very simple a pair trade is within a particular sector so let's say you're talking about um you know the the uh the uh, banking sector and you're talking about uh, which is BKX, 
and you're saying, okay, this is JP Morgan and this is Bank of America, they're both in the same sector. So if there's a divergence of how they've been performing over the last whatever period it is, then a practice called pairs trading is, is used where you sell the overperformer and you buy the underperformer and you're presuming a convergence back to uh, normalcy, you know, back to a fair, a more fair market. That's within the confines of the BKX or the banking index. And the same thing happens in sports uh, because all the assets that are within a, a particular league, which is also like a sector, uh, they're also positively correlated. So pairs trading can work in that instance as well. So for say, for example, uh, in the, in the, the spread market, which we call price action or relative strength. And you see the, the overlap in the terminology. So for the, for something like that, uh, you know, you would see, okay, if at a certain point green Bay has had an extreme amount of buying pressure over X period of time and, you know, they're playing Seattle's that have extreme amount of selling pressure over a certain period of time. Well, at a, at, at, at a certain, at a certain juncture, like with the Moneyball moment, Green Bay is going to become a, a, mar- a, a, a market bubble and Seattle is going to become an overly distressed asset. So you're doing a pair trade there where you're, you're selling Green Bay and you're buying San Francisco, or I'm sorry, and you're buying Seattle. Uh, and it's just one one simple trade because of the duality of the market. By definition, if you're buying one, you're selling the other. And as you referred to before, the games are contra- investment contracts, which is exactly what they are. Exactly. Because they have a finite time period, whether you're dealing in a full game or a half or a quarter. Uh, you know, we won't get into the, the, the play-by-plays and all that nonsense, which I, I'm vehemently opposed to because it's just going to destroy the entire marketplace and, and probably in, in sports in general, basically, if, if they continue down that road, they need to stop doing that. But, uh, you know, because there's a finite period, it's just like an options contract. And you also have within the confines of the contract, you have price action, which is the change in score, you know, price differential, which is the change in, in score during the game. You have time, which is, you know, as time, progresses throughout the life of the game or the contract that changes probability you have probability which is the percentage chance that you're either going to you know at the end of the contract you're either at 100 percent or zero percent you're either winning or lose you win or lose doesn't matter whether it's a money line or a handy or a spread or a total which is we call implied volatility is the amount of, of scoring that's expected Realized volatility is the amount of scoring that actually happens. Uh, same as activity with with financial market uh, financial instruments. So, in essence, from a structural, theoretical, and mechanical standpoint, the answer to what is the what is the, are the similarities of financial markets and the sports markets, uh, what I call the sports securities markets. The short answer is they're 100% correlated. If you have to, if you have to look well, well if, on a basic level, right? There's two yeah. markets that you can have a strategy, you can make money. <laughs> so you know, it, and on the other podcast, right? Well, there's two ways. Look, same podcast, but Greg and I are doing this together here, and we're complementary, right? Both Greg and I are in agreement. We do not just want to give you a fish; we want to teach you how to pitch. We want to teach you how to make your own picks. Now, we'll give you a pick to every game, and it's going to be better quality, better value than what you can pay for, right? Because we make money on the games, and we've been making money on the games for years, right? And well, if you're on, paying, it's paying in. And, and, you, and you mentioned time, right? I just want to hammer this real quick mm-hmm. uh, because it's one of these things that, that, that pisses me off. And it's, and it's pinned on my Twitter, right? Because you talked about time and what value is, right? Man, when people have talked about value and betting, it's been complete gaslighting and lying and BSing, right? So I always have to sharp because, I, you know, as a business consultant, my clients, I tell them, right, every business owner, 
you've got to have the value equation in your head at all times, right? You gotta have your client's value equation in your head at all times. Same thing goes for wagering on a game, right? So what is value? Straight out of the book business school, right? Value is psychological factors, right? Plus functional factors divided by time and money. And Greg just alluded to uh, the time aspect of it, right? So what disciplines do we use? We use the decision science that's used by Google, every uh, Fortune 100 company in Silicon Valley uses decision science, right? And in decision science, a lot of it's just, I hate the word just, that's another one I hate. It's common sense, right? You wanna get as much information as possible before you make right. the that's, decision. That's really what, right, we're, we're, actually, we're actually a data company. That's, that's what we are, we're a data provider. Uh, we don't uh, discriminate against any uh, of, the, of the leagues or of the sports, uh, because to us, everything is the same. Uh, except for you know some some nuances, which the big the big thing is is liquidity because that that's what really separates at this point because of the maturity of the mar of the markets the lack of maturity of the right. quote unquote sports markets versus the financial markets the the only difference is liquidity and 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 the lack of liquidity in the sports markets to where you can you know go in and and I don't know be Warren Buffett you can't you just you just in, in practical terms you can't get that whether it's the broker dealer slash bookmaker model or the forthcoming inevitable exchange model well, well, you're ahead of that you're ahead of that so and, and i think yeah. that's a very important uh distinction right because in finance and this is one similarity right this is the biggest similarity for me between the financial markets and the sports betting market and it gets to decision science right to ensure result, you eliminate variables and covariables. So right away, the first thing that, that I like, it gave me value, right, straight out of the book. People watching the live stream can see my board there, right? When I see the wolf line and I talk to Greg, that's the number one thing that comes to mind. The wolf line helps you eliminate variables and covariables so you can use decision science, right? And in our model, we use psychotherapy because my wife's a psychotherapist. We also use psychology. We have a doctor in psychology. It's going to be on the podcast every Friday. So, and we use statistics, right? We turn to the mean. And then we use arbitrage, the, the FINRA definition of arbitrage, not arbitrage betting that you see in Europe, right? So those are the differences between Greg and I, but we share that that we provide information so you can eliminate variables and covariables, right? So- Well, it's like, it's like, it's like Jim Simons- Get your result. Yeah. Everybody, he, everybody's all over Jim Simons being, you know, the man who solved the markets and, and he was really kind of the vanguard of the quant trading analytics uh, model on Wall Street and, you know, his big, his big mantra is, you know, take emotion out of the trades. Of course, that's emotion is the is the the most lethal uh, uh, opposition and 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 uh, you know negative yeah, force. Emotion is a liar. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, I mean, you know, what you want is you. And again, we're the Wolf Line has uh, machine learning capabilities and quantitative pattern recognition tools and things like that, that, that uh, are features that are so far ahead of everybody else that they, they, by definition, they take the, the emotion out of the decision because it's the user that puts in their subjective criteria uh, that goes through, the, the, you know, that we, we then process through the algorithm, which, which then goes and does the work and screens all the games and all the leagues uh, based upon the criteria that was put in. So the machine basically sends back in an email a decision that would have been made by the person if they were completely uh, isolated from their own you know, pollution of emotion, of personal emotion. So that, in essence, is if Jim Simon solved the markets, then 
that pretty much solved the sports markets for your, for the individual. Uh, it's sad to say, right? Uh, but you know, psychology, uh, psychotherapy uses the DSM. You have to have a study for something that when I talk about impulse control and about you know Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jameis Winston as quarterback lacking impulse control because of their sexual deviancy, right? Right. Right. I didn't know. I didn't know about that, but okay. Right, but it's it's a discipline, right? So yes, we, we're using these disciplines to come up with an objective result, and we encourage everybody. And this has saved a lot of people a lot of money. It's the ten rules of betting, and, and uh, listening to Greg. And this podcast, I'm going to do a deeper dive into the 10 rules of betting. But the number one rule of betting, right, is do not bet your own team, right? You have to, when you're wagering on a game, you have to use decision science, right? And you have to be as objective as possible. Number two rule of betting. Always do your research. Josh, Josh, I think there are just, you know, a small disagreement there. I think there are, there are times where it's a, if you're a fan of the Eagles or whatever, the Eagles could certainly be an, an undervalued asset and you could be getting in cheap on the Eagles. You know, you just, but you just, if you're truly being objective about it, you, you're, you're okay, you know, buying or quote unquote, uh, getting long, whatever uh, terminology you want to use, right? Your favorite team, if you think objectively that they're, but you, but in order, in, what I'm, what you're saying is that just to arbitrarily buy or you know bet on whatever, et cetera, et cetera, your own. Well, you see team. it every year, you know, and 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 he's been married four times. I don't know the guy, uh, the Nike guy, Sammy Vaccaro, uh, every year, and he did it this year, right? He puts a ticket out. He took this ticket. I wouldn't have taken this ticket. Greg Wolf would not have taken this ticket, right? Where, and this person obviously did not listen to the podcast. That's why we're so proud of the podcast that it keeps growing and we're making people money. That guy put $84,000 on the Ravens in the playoffs, right? With a quarterback who's never won a playoff game, who hasn't proven he can throw. The guy, Lamar Jackson's a thrower, not a passer yet right in the playoffs this guy put eighty four thousand dollars to win ten grand in that playoff game right and this is one of the things right that we're educating people on right and this factor this this uh fact right like i like what uh andrew cuomo's been saying lately you can have your own opinion but you cannot make up your own facts, right? So two uh, psychological, sociological demographics that helps a lot in wagering is the fact that 95% of people die within 30 miles of where they were born, all right? 95% of people adapt the same religion their parents. So when we're saying bet your own team, it's a very, very small percentile, sadly, Jeff, uh, Greg, of people who can devoid their emotions and kind of look at it analytically and say, oh, you know, the Eagles are uh, undervalued here. Now, Craig, a venture capital guy on our podcast, he bets for and against the Bengals, right? Rules are always meant to be broken, but as a general thumb, rule of thumb, that guy, if he would have listened to our podcast, if that guy would have listened to Greg Wolf, would not have put $84,000 on the Ravens to win 10 back. Right. Well, as, as we have spoken about, and as I think you read in, in one of the articles I wrote, uh, you know, the relationships in all the markets, they go through uh, a continuous process that is infinite of uh, an over-adjustment phase, then a money ball moment, then a correction phase, and then back to fairness. And then that continues again. 
um, and it continues in finite stands into into perpetuity. And what we do is we measure uh, those particular divergences, so to speak, uh, and the probability that they will converge and come back to um, to where they should be to rationality. And that that's consistent with you know two big option strategies. One is serial correlation, and the other is mean reversion. I don't want to get too right, right, into right. Well, we but use a lot of return to the mean, you know, statistical, yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah, and it's, and, and it's, it's, it's not necessarily, it's much more, um, you know, sanguine. You can be much more confident about that happening in sports simply because it's, it's a much, it's a, it's a completely self-correcting, uh, you know, market um, for sports, whether, whether it be, you know, money line, which is straight, you know, probability percentage as it, as it is 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 priced, uh, and then you know adjust throughout the course of the game, and of course through the the, the uh, aspects of supply and demand, which have to be necessary. Which is why sports markets have nothing to do with casinos. Uh, no. People don't understand that they have nothing to do with negative edge gambling because they're a dynamic, a dynamically adjusting open market. That uh, that relies on supply and demand to to uh, and over adjustment and then correction to, uh, to to thrive. That's that's how it works. Right. I mean, it's you can't win. You know, on a basic level, you can't win seventy to eighty percent of the time playing craps. Yeah, there's no such thing as a there's no such thing as a professional craps player. You can't be a professional right. craps, but you could be a professional in a in a in a speculative market because. Again, you're dealing with, let's just say, in the broker-dealer model, you you know, the broker-dealer or the bookmaker can either be the principal or they can be the agent. If they're the principal, then they're they're taking more risk, and this is just like a market maker, also in the in the in the in the financial markets. They're taking on risk against, you know, whomever is the other side of the trade. They're there to induce liquidity, but they can either just be an agent where they uh, are are doing you know the cost of doing business just like a uh, an insurance broker or a real estate broker they're just you know introducing person A to person B and they're fine to take their 4.54 percent in the minus 110 minus 110 model and just that's that that's fine with it then they they increase their their revenue by increasing the volume and again the volume is increased by uh, having uh, quality, quality, subjectively interpreted quantitative uh, analytics for the markets, which we provide exclusively. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now when uh, this graphic just came out from Bloomberg about retail trading activity uh, in the first quarter of, of 2020, where, you know, this is post uh, the, the sports betting, quote unquote, shutdown. Um, and right. shows from 2004 until now, 2004 until the first quarter of 2020, the uh, Ameritrade and and and, uh, and E-Trade, basically the, the daily average retail number of trades vacillated at about a million per day. And then after, and just this quarter post the, uh, the um, sports betting shutdown, it skyrocketed the 4 million share uh, uh, trade retail trades per day. So it went up 400% after just kind of, kind of hugging around 1 million, you know, a million uh, per day uh, for, you know, 16 years. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. an obvious overlay there. And when right. people get on and they get onto those platforms, they see, technical studies they see support and resistance they see overbought oversold they see options theory they see you know uh, different terms uh, price action and, and volatility and probability and, and 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 all these the myriad of different financial terms that go into the, the technical analysis side and the mechanics of trading side uh of, of the the exercise and they say to, they're saying looking at themselves and they, they don't know any of this stuff and basically we're we operate under the same church different pew model where it is exactly, exactly but wait a second 
you're yeah. way ahead of this, right? And we've yeah. talked about you got patents. You've always been ahead of the curve, man. You're an early adopter. And you have great insight into this point, which I make money out of it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. On the podcast, people can listen to it. We were 90% made money hand over foot. Our guy first report, PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles, said that he felt somebody was going to knock on the door because we were making so much money because we were making a ton of money with these L.A. West Coast inflated line, right? Proximity to Vegas. You have these Hollywood hot shots, people with more money. They know what to do that. And they blindly bet the Chargers. Both teams have made the playoffs. Rams had made the Super Bowl. They'll go down with a million dollars, right, Greg? And they'll bet blindly on the Rams, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's they definitely. Going good, they went over the hill into Reno, and they started inflating. Hey, John Lister's a defensive guy, right? I was in the, the training camp in Tampa Bay, the greatest uh, defensive staff of all time. Monty Kiffin, defensive coordinator. Uh, Lovey Smith, linebackers coach. Herman Edwards was the secondary coach. Defensive line coach was Rod Marinelli. Tony Dungy was the coach, right? And John Lynch was on that team. So blindly, right. people, you know, in defensive teams don't cover high spreads, right? So Reno puts the, the spread at uh, minus 11, and everybody's betting San Francisco minus 11 and the over. When John Lynch is happy, he wants to put it on the defense, he's happy winning 7-3. And a defensive team, a four-point lead is like a 20-point lead, right? So your insight, man, you're spot on, man. That's why I was so excited. I still am excited about the podcast and we're going to get deeper into the regulatory part of it too right because never yeah, that's before, big, that's, right that's if somebody yeah if somebody's watching on the thing and they see me on the other podcast i have the finra rules right here right because yeah. because of my securities license finra the sec at any moment can raid my office and get all the information right but, well yeah i I was I was registered investment advisor, and I know a security when I see one based on the uh, 1940s, you know, SEC versus Howie's Supreme Court decision, and right. Justice Frank Murphy made it very clear. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, it's you can't prove it, but he was talking about sports investment contracts with his extra language that he added, and it's just a matter of time until the secure the SEC drops that penny, and once that happens then the wire act has to go away. And I don't know what's going to happen to the, well, this is what I'm getting down to. Right. All right. Yeah. Both By the of, way, there's definitely both of us. We've been registered representatives. You basically have to be a lawyer. This is a contract, right? Business is messy. We've been through, right. You got a guy and I love Sonny Bacaro, right? Nothing against well, Sonny Bacaro. Sonny Bacaro, when I've heard him on the radio, very entertaining guy, but he's been married four times. And how do you make money? Right. He made money bribing college basketball coaches, right? With very yeah, various And that guy's acting like a registered representative. He's manipulating lines, right? Right. You and I, right? Just as these were decent people, right? And that's the thing, you and I, we kind of connected. Because you and I, we end up being decent guy, and we're pissed when people get taken advantage of, right? You and well, I would not have taken that $84,000 bet on the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. That's why the that's why the SEC or if they want the CFTC uh, has to get involved because this is a purely federal issue and it would be the same thing as you know the the violation of what's called SEC Rule 10b5-1, which is profiting off of uh, of uh, non-public information like happened with Phil Mickelson and Billy Walters and the Dean Foods guy. Right. Um, you know that that's that's difficult to prove that. So they they have their ways of doing it with wiretaps and and checking you know bank accounts and things like that uh their due diligence as far as from a regulatory standpoint because it's against the law you can't do it up although recently up until recently if you were a member of congress you were allowed to do it in a bizarre way uh right. and now there's uh, uh another guy got caught in, in congress that he, he sold a bunch of stuff Laughlin, pelosi yeah, but, all these people and it wasn't just right. them they were blatant yeah. They went outside of the meeting and people took pictures of them and they were on the phone. 
Pelosi got away with it because it's her husband. And her oh, husband made a trade. Yeah. Burr, yeah, I mean, they, the trades they himself. Made, they, they made, I mean, just garish, just obscene amounts of money uh, with, with, uh, with that particular, um, that, that business model, I guess you would call it. But, right. you know, all we ask for is just a little bit of transparency. And that's actually what, what drew me to, it was happenstance why I even got involved in this. But that's what drew me away from the traditional financial markets in the late 2000s. Uh, and said, okay, I got to do this, you know, for sports mainly because it just got the monetary manipulation in, in financial markets got too absurd. It was like right you know, manipulation, right? Milliards. As far as sports betting, because you're a brilliant yeah, guy. So, you're right. Yeah. I'm quantifying you as a brilliant guy. You're you're head of the thing. You got patents and everything. So I want to ask well, you two you. questions. Thank man, you very right? much, Josh. Yes. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. People that, you know, and that's another thing that you and I agree on, no BS. Uh, my wife's a psychotherapist. Uh, she's a brilliant psychotherapist. And her and I disagree 50% of the time because we're honest, right? So you and I yeah. we can disagree. We're honest people. And we want to give it to us straight to people. So I want to ask you two questions, right? In, in one of the podcasts, we're going to get heavy into what the regulation has been, right? And what it is going forward, right? Because, hey, proof is in the pudding. And one technical note about the, the, uh, the objective uh, methodology we have to wager on games, right? And uh, I have clients, you know, on the business consultant side that don't like sports, but I make them wager on games because it's a good discipline, right? If you read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, in business and life, right? Decision science, everything's pretty, right? Theoretical. You get all this decision, uh, all this information, and then you make the right decision. Sometimes in business and life, you have to make a decision and be accurate, right? Uh, well, most times the hard most percent times of the time, without having all the information, right? Because we're not on the Patriots, right? We're not on the San Diego Padres, right? However, we have to, because remember, and I, and I keep hammering it, right? For the guys who want to bet $84,000 on the Ravens, 52.5% is break even, right? So mm -hmm. we were, what, 64% on NFL games. We would have finished fourth in the Vegas contest. But they only picked five games. We picked every single game over another using what I've made money with over the last 12 years. So let me ask well, you that's this. Pretty, that's right. pretty good because like the most successful hedge fund managers in history are all right. about 58% win percentage, you know, right. on their trade. David Tepper, right? David Tepper, owner of the Carolina, he had $3 billion liquid, right? He takes $2 billion, buys the Carolina Panthers, right? And now he thinks he's the general manager like uh, Jerry Jones. So it'll be interesting. But he only made, I say only, he only made uh, an average of 25% in the market over the last uh, 20 years, right? So that's bam. Greg hit it right nail on the head. He was right 58% of the time. So-called Sharpie guys who want to charge you money for bets, they're 58, 59%. So it gets down to the psychology of Sonny Vaccaro, right? Because you've been betting since you were seven years old, you know this, right? And, and, you, and you said a very key word, manipulation. And, I, and I've made money, right? Proof is in the pudding, right? 100% transparency, people can listen to all the podcasts. And I've always wondered, right, about the, you, you go on Vegas Insider, and it's bogus, right? Because I've had some inside information where they say 80% of the tickets go this way, 20% of the tickets go that way. We know yeah, for I mean, that's Tony Vercauer is not doing that. You can't, you can't trust, you can't trust those numbers. And again, that's why, that's why, you know, all, and again, you go, there's, there's many people that really should be concerned about the federal trade commission uh, in the next year or so. Um, you can't have. FanDuel's doing have, the same way. You're right on it, Greg. FanDuel's doing it. 
DraftKings. Well, you, can't have, you can't have broker dealers acting as the principal or, you know, in right. a, in a, that are then, you know, allowing winners, you know, disallowing winners from from playing and, and then or, or make taking their limits down to virtually zero. I mean, it's a it's a predatory model. And well, no, uh, if somebody and, could take advantage of someone, right? That's why I always when politicians say, "Oh, the greatness of the American people," the American people are so great. All right, whatever. Right? The Economist did a study of 115 countries, right, to find out which were corrupt and which weren't corrupt. 115 were corrupt. So human nature and life will tell you, Greg, that if somebody can take advantage of somebody, they will. Right. Right? So, so we're in agreement on that, that, that lines, I call it, I did a blog, the lines are lies. There's manipulation, uh, and you nailed it, right? I think that was the first thing you told me. Instead of saying nice to meet you, you were like, listen, uh, the, the broker dealer model, <laughs> the guy's taking bets, it's insane, right? Truth is always stranger than fiction. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to just in any, in any, uh, in, uh, it doesn't matter if you're talking about the, you know, the LIBOR, which is the, 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 uh, the London exchange rate, um, the, uh, for, for foreign currency. I mean, they had a, they, it was just a, I don't even, I don't even remember what the number was, but their scandal was in the hundreds of billions, you know, and every bank was involved. Every, you know, large uh, investment bank was involved with that. And, you know, you have people, you know, Jamie Dimon called billions of dollars in fines, you know, the, the, the cost of doing business with, uh, right. with Morgan. So, you know, oh, yeah. you got, the key is, is the understanding the scam and then scamming out scamming the scam, I guess, really. Yeah. Right, right. And then uh, I remember uh, this, uh, this Jewish mentor of mine, independently wealthy guy who made tons of money as a lawyer, tons of money in the, in the stock market. That's funny because uh, Craig Miserak, the venture capital guy on the podcast, says the same thing, right? You see with your eyes. You analyze what's going yeah. on and you use decision science. You use statistics. You use psychology. You use psychotherapy, right? They call it the mental health first aid kit. And we'll get into here, right? And being able to use these disciplines to have uh, peer-based studies, right? You can't come with a, a treatment modality without doing a legitimate study. And it's sad to say, Jeff, that the wolf line, right, and our methodology right. for picking wedgers, it's been 100% more accurate than the COVID-19 models. <laughs> well, let's just say that, uh, you know, the, the, when, you, when you look at uh, statistics, uh, you, have to, you have to look at people's incentive for uh, potentially manipulating statistics. So, you know, at, if they have a, anytime there's a financial incentive for producing uh, statistic A as opposed to statistic B, then you know what side most people are going to take as far right. as that. Well, logic, right? Rep. And, you know, and you, had, and you had Bush tell Gorbachev, never overestimate the, intelligent, the intelligence of the American people. Statistics and logic go together. Yeah, I mean, that was an H.L. Mencken quote from 100 years ago. You know, nobody ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American people. <laughs> so, you know, that's, I'm not saying, you know, uh, anything about the intelligence of the American people. That's just a quote. But, um, right, right. Yeah, well, my you know, whole thing is logic for statistical models. All right. When you're wagering on a game. Yeah, it, it, again, uh, you know, we hang our hat made on a technical analysis uh, of, uh, model. Uh, in our opinion, fundamental analysis, which is the other side of the, of the, the two types of uh, two two schools of thought of, of uh, creating a, a decision in a in a marketplace. Uh, all the fundamental data that is publicly known is baked into the market, so it's irrelevant. You kind of have to, you know 
understand that and accept that. Um, you know, so from there it goes to the technical side, which is uh, you know quantitative and uh, or quantitative and, and graphically displayed behavioral economics. So the entire exercise is really a, an exercise of, of the marketplace because there. Well, you know, well it's the research, right? Are, the number of, we say the number uh, two rule of betting is research, and the way we met, right? We were we met uh, giving NFL reports on uh, the Scott and VR show in San Diego, and I like listening to the guys. The guys that were on the podcast because they save me time and research, right? And that's what the wolf line, in my mind, that's what it does as well. It saves you time. Oh, it, saves you so much. it saves you so much time. Like I said, if you're just using the screeners, you don't even have to look at anything. You get an alert that says, basically is saying, hey, dummy, you know, this, <laughs> this, this game that you wanted this particular criteria to be, to, to be, uh, to exist before you make a trade is, has come up uh, three times. So here are your well, no, I, And I love the three alert, times. right? I own three businesses, yeah. right? Uh, sports wagering. My wife uses the money to pay for gas and expensive purposes and stuff. So I'm, you know, arguing with a client because I got them in cash instead of Tesla. Then after the pandemic, they're like, oh, so thank you for having me in cash, right? I get an alert saying, son of your car, I made the line, whatever, plus eight. A playoff game with a rookie uh, or the second year quarterback who's never won a playoff game, right? I mean, my mind's well, not completely they, wrapped get, they, get, they, they get those they get those opening lines from offshore first of all, anyway, and then, and right. secondly, just like an IPO in the stock market, the opening number that comes out is a very narrow limit, and then it expands from there as the real market, you know, makes the makes makes the prices. You know, that's that's what happens there. Just like the IPO price is not the real price. It's not the, it doesn't become the real price of a stock until it moves to the secondary market. It's the same thing with, with, with sports and that opening number, which is a, a very narrow limit. Right, but uh, like you said, the landscape's gonna change. Uh, it's just been legalized in 22 states. Uh, right now, everything has, a good friend of mine for the greatest generation says everything's a Chinese fire drill right now. Same thing with the sports betting markets. With the pandemic, there's a lot of chaos going on. Like well, you have, you have, you have the same thing happen. Again, this kind of bleeds into the regulatory thing. But this already happened before between 1911 and 1933 in the, in the United States with, with the, uh, the, the states trying to regulate investment contracts. They weren't able to do it. I mean, you have you have, there's no consistency or efficiency at all between any of them. So it can't exist that way. And this, this happened in 1933. So there's, there's massive amounts of, of, of uh, legislative and, and judicial uh, precedent and case law that, uh, that are, is already in place that all they got to do is just flip the switch. So that's inevitably going to happen. I, it's all just a big waste of time and money what the states are doing. And, uh, Again, those those smaller what? politicians are wasting time and money. Greg, imagine that. Right, that's all they do. Uh, you know, and there's but, not a correct. I mean, but on. but 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 that's why I'm so ecstatic and I'm so jazzed up about this podcast because we are two to three, maybe even five years ahead of time, right? And man, isn't that? a lot of value in decision science where because greg and i have uh uh experiential learning right that that, that we leverage we're, we're both been lucky fortunate and good enough that we're successful guys we're good guys you know uh greg is taking care of his family his 86 year old mother right i'm taking care of my 86 year old dad we're successful good guys and we're two to five years ahead of the market making sure that you don't get taken advantage of and we're using pattern recognition we're using our education right we are leveraging experiential learning right to make ourselves a new money right amazing incredible value 
Our model is, like I told you, Josh, our model is shovels in a gold rush, right? It's not any of our business how people use our data, but our data are the only exclusive data for sports that I'm aware of. Right. Uh, you know, quanti- for, for quantitative trading in, in that model. So, and it's a tool know, for decision not- science that we use. We'll give you a pick on every game. We'll tell you what to do, but we want you to make your own picks, right? I could die tomorrow, and you're going to be waiting for me to give a pick, and you don't know how to pick your own games, right? <laughs> so we want people to learn and come up with their own methods. Yeah, the purpose of education is to teach people, yeah. right, it's teaching people how to think, not telling people what to think. That's, uh, that's, that's freedom versus slavery model. I vote for freedom. Yes, and you and I agree on being individual. That's what we grew up. We grew up on John Wayne, being individual. That's what America's about, not group yes. think. Right? Big John, big John Wayne thing. Yeah, big difference between communism and capitalism. You can move from state to state, <laughs> right? You have the freedom. Yeah. So we're, that's what we're about on this podcast. And we're going to have a podcast on the regulatory. We're going to get into weeds. And we'll break it down because we have to take tests, right? Series seven tests, whatever on that. So Greg and I know this backwards and forwards. Uh, we're going to have a, another podcast uh, where we're going to go into detail, like a curriculum, like you're in school, right? And we're going to go over each part in detail, everything you need to know. So when baseball starts, NFL starts, college football, you are ready to go to make money watching sports. But and it's having, like, but, but having it's, a good time as well. But it's like a fun. But it's like a fun school. It's not like sitting in exactly. a. In a. It's not like sitting in a in a in a in a conference room or a or whatever in a hall listening to somebody some uh, bore like uh, Paul Krugman drone on you know about the beige book. You know this is gamification economics. It's it's a fun way to learn about the stale science, which isn't the stale science anymore. Yeah. No, and uh, I mean, you and I love this. And everybody's having fun if they're doing well, right? No, you and I love this opportunity. We talked about this. We're giving people, right? I'll bring up the board again. We're giving people functional information so you can make money reliably in a pandemic, in a recession. All right, that cannot be taken lightly, right? And, and I feel lucky, fortunate, and good enough that Greg and I and everybody else on the podcast, we've been doing you that since the beginning, all right? And we're very fortunate, lucky, and good that we can continue to do that, not like these shysters who say that the CNBC, and, and CNBC has a flawed model, right? CNBC will lie to you and gaslight you, tell you, that the stock market is indicative of the economy. No, it's not. Stock market is indicative right. of liquidity. So they're lying to you. Greg and I, we're not right 100% of the time. We don't have a monopoly on the truth. We want you to, we're accessible. We want you to interact with us, but we're not going to intentionally deceive you, right? And we're blessed enough to be ahead of these guys. Last yeah, word, don't, 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 don't trust anybody that claims to be the CNBC for sports betting, and then they give you a model from 40 years ago with uh, Jimmy the Greek and Irv Cross. And also, don't trust black boxes where they say, "Okay, well, we have a, an algo that, believe me, it's you know, 82 percent or whatever." But we won't tell you what ha- what goes into the algo. Just trust us, you know. Or the computer simulations that say we simulated this 100,000 times, and this is what'll happen. Uh, that's all nonsense. That's all like uh, the old uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain model. So don't believe any of that stuff unless people are willing to open up the book and say, okay, this is where these uh, particular, uh, this particular data have come from. That's all. Right. And you don't have to pay for picks. If you want to pay for picks, do it, but have it then be a hundred percent transparent. Like we are, we put every single game in the whys on Twitter, on the podcast, right? Well, very soon, very soon, if, if people are going to be charging for, 
for advice on picks as sports, you know, migrate into securities as they're going to, could be tomorrow, could be next week. I don't know when it's going to be. All those people are going to have to be registered investment advisors. And that's like a, that's like a four hour test. And I doubt many of them are going to be able to pass that. So they'll be done. right. And the, I always thought that if they really were that good, they wouldn't be having to sell picks. They would just be making the money like we are. Yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's so many scams. They front run, they churn, they, they pump and dump, all that stuff. They're colluded with the books. They have an affiliate model where they give out losers and get kickbacks from it. I mean, you go on and on. Right, right. So last words, you know, and one thing too, right? Uh, Greg and I don't have any as- association with the hotels. And this is another thing. Uh, that we're very fortunate, lucky, and good that Greg and I are very, very like-minded. We have a model where everybody wins, right? Our clients are making 78% on their bets, but they're going to the casino. Uh, they're using other parts of the casino. They're going to the restaurants. They're, uh, they're, they're getting more expensive rooms, right? Well, don't tell, don't, I don't, wait, hold on, hold on, I don't want to get in any trouble, I don't, nothing I say says everybody wins, no, I never say anything about that, I don't tell anybody what to do. Oh, no, 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 that's clear, uh, you don't, yeah. we, we're the ones that give people picks, you don't give people picks, No, but I, I, just model, give, I just give, I just give people a thermometer, and they can figure out whether to wear a coat or not, basically. Right. But in, in, in the model of the tricesters, there's winners and they're losers. In our model, we both agree that everybody can win. Is that right? Uh, I would not be able to be comfortable saying that, no. I can't say that. Uh, and that's, I, I that's, we're honest, man. We don't agree 100% of the time. We're, Greg and I are individuals. Yes, this, this is just, I give out information. That's it. Do what you want with it. Decision science, right? Do your research. Well, analytics. Don't make a decision without having as much information as possible. Right. Analytics is another is a word that's used erroneously, just like you know algorithms and uh, and big data and um, uh, uh, machine learning and 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 artificial intelligence. People use these neural nets. They use words. They think uh, virtual currency. They think they sound smart but they really don't even know what they mean. Analytics is, is the leveraging of uh, contextual quantitative data into uh, a process or product that incre- in, improves the efficiency and the efficacy of decision science and decision-making, period. So you want to be more efficient and you want to be more effective in your decisions based upon you know, the leveraging of quantitative data. That's the whole point. And some people, it's just like all I did with and all we have done with the wolf line is we've written music and some people are better musicians at reading the same music or the same composition than others and that's how that's going to go so so uh if you uh happen to to look at at our our data and make a decision based upon that you you and and somebody else could be making looking at the exact same data and come up with two totally different uh, decisions based upon that, and that's how it works. That's that's the subject subjectivity of the marketplace, right? Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent, and like everything else in business, right? It's an art and a science. All right, so next week we'll be back. Uh, we have the topics. Uh, mapped out and but I'm going to talk to your partner so we might make an adjustment in that but I do know we're going to get into uh, regulations deep into regulations and we're going to go from A to Z all the mechanics you need for the sports betting market and I always close with what Winston Churchill said he got us through World War II, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC.
betting and financial podcast, local political corruption, and uh, we're going to have psychological and psychotherapy mental health kit podcast as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing us to grow every week. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use, <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN Betting and Team Report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers.